up is really uplifting. Film critic Kenneth Turan wrote actually that this film is heartfelt enough to restore your faith in whatever needs restoration. And I think he's right. So how many of you have already seen Up? Pretty good number. I want to encourage you, those of you who haven't seen it, to consider going to see it. And in fact, Ken is going to talk about the movie Up again next week. That's just how spiritual it is. And I think it's worth seeing on the big screen, and it's a good movie for the whole family except for pretty young children. So. Up is the story of 78-year-old Carl Fredrickson. It's his story of long-term relationship, commitment, and contentment. It's a story of loss and letting go, a story of coming back to life and love again. It is, in fact, a salvation story. Carl had a seven-decade-long relationship with his sweetheart Ellie. They meet when they're children of about eight. They're both enamored of the great explorer Charles Muntz who's found things in the wild deep jungles and cliffs of South America. And they both yearn in a way that only eight to ten year olds can really yearn for adventure, for new things, for excitement. And they are sure that they will have it and they will have it together. So they marry as adults, and they plan to have those adventures, and they begin to save their money. Have you ever heard the Yiddish proverb? Humans plan, God laughs. <laughs> Life happens. Carl and Ellie have disappointments and troubles. They have life. So they never go on their adventure to South America, to faraway lands to discover new things. Instead, they discover lasting love. They discover laughter. They discover each other. So when Ellie dies, Carl is greatly grief-stricken. All this happens in about the first 10 minutes of the movie, I have to say. But it's really well done. We can see how much Carl longs for his Ellie. He just yearns for him. But he's an old man. He doesn't want to change. He doesn't want to engage. People start telling him he has to move from his house. And I was reminded of a widow I, I saw once long ago in psychotherapy. Her husband had died years before. She'd still lived in the house that they had built together and lived in most of their lives, raised their children. But she was beginning to have some dementia and she was getting kind of frail. Her kids were really worried about her being alone in the house. But she told me that it was just too much to bear, the thought of leaving that house. It was like she would lose her husband all over again. As long as she was in the house, she could still talk to him. She still felt his presence. So it is with Carl. And he's resolved not to leave that house that he and Ellie made together. On the day the men arrive to take Carl to assisted living, he has made other plans. Did I mention that Carl worked at the zoo? He sold balloons at the zoo. And so he releases, actually the filmmakers estimated it would have taken a couple million balloons to really make a house leave the ground. But he releases enough balloons in this world that he flies away, he takes his house with him. Only then does he discover an unexpected passenger, 
little Russell, an eager eight-year-old wilderness explorer. Russell had already been to Carl's door, determined that he was going to help Carl some way because Russell needed to earn his final, his last merit badge. Russell actually offered Carl the possibility of a new relationship, but Carl would have none of it. He was not interested in engaging in beginning new relationships. He thinks only of Ellie. He looks at her scrapbook and her photos. He's not interested in the future. Later, Carl and Russell meet Doug the dog. Doug immediately loves Carl in the way that only a dog can love this chosen person, and he doesn't want to leave Carl alone. Carl pushes Doug away, too. So, you know, when I thought about this movie, it really is a touching and beautiful movie. And about what I wanted to say this morning, I was reminded of a poem, a poem by Mary Oliver, it's a fairly serious poem for a movie that's also funny and light. I'm going to read it to you, and the words will be right up here. Look, the trees are turning their own bodies into pillars of light, are giving off the rich and fragrance of cinnamon and fulfillment. The long tapers of cattails are bursting and floating away over the blue shoulders of the ponds, and every pond, no matter what its name is, is nameless now. Every year, everything I have ever learned in my lifetime leads back to this. The fires and the rivers of loss, whose other side is salvation, whose meaning none of us will ever know. To live in this world, you must be able to do three things. To love what is mortal. To hold it against your bones, knowing your own life depends on it. And when the time comes to let it go, to let it go. Every year, everything I have ever learned in my lifetime leads back to this, the fires and the black river of loss whose other side is salvation. To live in this world, you must be able to do three things, to love what is mortal, to hold it against your bones, knowing your own life depends on it. And when the time comes to let it go, to let it go. Up focuses on what Mary Oliver implies, that salvation that is on the other side of loss, on the other side of letting go. On his adventure, Carl reluctantly engages with Russell and then Doug the dog and Kevin the beautiful mysterious bird. He is finally able to say goodbye to his Ellie and Carl is able to live and to love again. He sees that Russell needs his love and care, and Russell does need his love and care. And he gives it. This, this is salvation. It's enlarging the space in the heart for more love, for new love, while not forgetting the old love. Salvation is becoming whole again. 
It is being restored to life in community. Again, Mary Oliver says, you must be able to do three things. Love what is mortal, hold it against your bones, knowing your own life depends on it, and when the time comes to let it go, to let it go. She doesn't exactly say that you must let it go, but you must. You must let it go so that you can live and love again. Letting go is not forgetting, it's making room in the heart. So my dear ones, the time has come for us to let go. I must let go of you and you, yes you, must let go of me. We will all make room for vital loving relationships. You know, if you're visiting Wellsprings for the first or second time, you should know that this is a really a different service. <laughs> I have been on the Wellsprings staff for nearly three years since before our first worship service, since before most people entered this room. <sighs> and I have been thrilled and grateful to be here. I was hired to be the director of equipping, and we later changed that to director of leadership and spiritual development. My work was to help you discover your spiritual gifts and to find where you are joyfully called to serve the world. Now, neither Ken nor I really knew exactly what that meant. We both had sort of an idea, and we both knew it was really important. It was an important part of the Wellsprings vision for creating healthy, growing spiritual community, a place where people could find spiritual growth, wholeness, restoration, and connection with each other, connection with the sacred. So my work has been about equipping you to do much of the work that I helped to start. And you did it, and you are still doing it, and you will continue to do it. And I am, in fact, so proud of what you are doing and what you have done and what you will do. Wellsprings leadership has a mantra, what is healthy grows. Wellsprings has grown in every way, in spiritual depth, in hospitality, in warmth, in energy, and in numbers. You've grown in your abilities to share your stories and share your questions. You, you are full of spirit and energy, hope and joy. Wellsprings is in fact charged full very often charged full with the charge of the soul. So what is healthy grows and growth brings change. As I work to nurture your gifts and encourage your spiritual practices, you nurtured my growth. You have nurtured me along the path to the minister that I am becoming. And the next step in my growth takes me away. I've been thinking of it actually as being sent out, you know, in the, in the New Testament. Jesus, I'm not comparing myself to a disciple. I'm just saying. <laughs> this is another story. Jesus sends the disciples out to spread the word, to tell the story. And I've been thinking about being sent out to take Wellsprings charge full and the message of Wellsprings into the wider community. I will take you with me. Mary Oliver says, the other side of the river of loss is salvation. You 
I know you will, will love whoever comes to join the Wellsprings ministry staff. And I will take you with me in my heart. And I will learn to love the York congregation where I'll be next year. I know that I will. They won't be you, but I will love them. And you will love who isn't me and who should not be me who comes here in the future. We will all find life and love and wholeness on the other side of that river. And let's have fun doing it. We're going to see a clip now from the movie, and then Ken has some more words. Gives you just a little taste of um, what the movie looks and sounds like if you haven't seen it. At probably the most critical time in the movie, when Carl is losing faith with the adventure that he is on with the little boy and with the dog, he turns back to an old collection that Ellie has left him, that his wife has left him. And he finds this beautiful blessing and surprise at the end of those pages. Let's see that quote. Thanks for the adventure. Now go and have a new one. Kathy, thanks for the adventure. We release you. (laughs) Back into the wild, which is just another word for ministry. (laughs) Go and have, I fully trust, we all fully trust, many many adventures. Now, saying goodbye is also a time to reflect on where things began. I want to say that when you first came to us, which is to say when we first met, Kathy had all of the willingness but a little less of the awkwardness than Russell had when he first came to (laughs) Carl's door, a lot less of the awkwardness. There are two things I noticed, two things I noticed when you and I, when Kathy and I first met. One was that one of Kathy's specialties within ministry is understanding some of the generational patterns of change, how things both retain continuity from generation to generation, but also how different generations have different gifts and different perspectives, different viewpoints upon the world. And so she had us in a colleague's meeting sort of talk about what were the signature moments in our lives. And Kathy is a baby boomer, and I am Generation X. And, for example, one of the differences is that baby boomers can remember where you were, if you're a baby boomer, when you first heard the Beatles. Generation X, we remember where we were when we heard the news that John Lennon was shot. Well, even though you're a baby boomer and as Gen X, one of the things that Gen X like to do is to have to forgive baby boomers for all the ways that you screwed up the world that we are inheriting. <laughs> yeah, shake your head, I know. Well, what I do want to say about this is that even though you're a boomer, Kathy, you had a very Gen X sensibility which is to say you had a wonderfully ironic sense of humor. And when I mentioned the band Wilco, which I got blank stares from amongst many of our colleagues, you actually knew what I was talking about. And it wasn't just about knowing the name of a band. We were talking actually about the style of worship that we might start to birth here at Wellsprings, a style of worship that would integrate all of the arts and culture from the world, not just a select group called churchy kind of stuff. 
So I noticed that you were clued in and keyed in, and that you had a wide and deep perspective. Your first attitude that I noticed when I talked to you about what we then called equipping director and now director of leadership and spiritual development was simple, direct, to the point. It was, I can do that. And not just I can do that, but I want to do that. Because this is the other thing I really noticed. You had a hunger to do church differently. Which is to say that like me, and like some of the people who helped to start Wellsprings, Kathy loved Unitarian Universalism and loved these living traditions that feed who we are. But you also wanted to help extend this life-saving message of this faith and of our traditions to people who were not UU already. And you wanted to do it as we wanted to do it here at Wellsprings, by knowing that it is not just how much we know that is of value to the world. What is most of value to us here at Wellsprings and what you wanted to serve is not how much we know, but how much we can grow. How much wholeness, how much fullness we can share with the world. That is our saving message. That is the salvation that lies on the other side of the river. And so you took up this mantle to be equipping director in the true spirit as we talk about at Wellsprings with no expertise, a lot of knowledge, but no expertise because we didn't know what an equipping director was yet. You took it up in the spirit of exploration, of adventure. And we began this adventure together as the first person I hired here at Wellsprings. Your work here, Kathy's work here, has been about planting seeds. Planting seeds that were cultivated in the last three years and planting seeds that just as every good gardener knows because they grow it this way will exist long after you have left this place today. I see the seeds that you have planted in all the leaders of our teams who gathered to do hard work week after week after week in our ministries, but do it not as an obligation, but do it joyfully. I see the seeds that you have planted in all the leaders of our small groups who gather to share their gifts, who gather when you share your gifts, not because you have to, but because you are growing and in nature, healthy things grow and our small group leaders help other people to grow. Kathy has helped us build a true culture of discernment here at Wellsprings, not just asking you the question when you first come to this congregation, what are you already good at and what can you give to us? But instead to ask, how can we grow together? And out of that growth, how might all of us grow? And how might our light shine deeper and truer? And brighter. Kathy, you have a remarkable gift of what Emerson called the connection with the God of this time, who is as ancient and as old and as sacred and as present in any other age as in this one. You have a remarkable, deep spirituality. And because of this, you've been my partner in ministry since the very beginning, even though, yes, you are not ordained yet. Some of you have wanted to call her Reverend Kathy, and at times you'll say no, because when she is Reverend Kathy, that will truly be something remarkable. And we really, really look forward to being a part of your ordination in a year or two years. No, no? One year. Okay. <laughs> you want adventure, but not that much more of adventure. The song of the open road calls you. 
and it calls you from here, and it calls you from us, and that's a good thing. It's a sad thing, but it really is a good thing. Because that same song in the open road calls all of us, in one form or another, calling us into and out of relationships, into and out of commitments, into and out of different walks of life. But hopefully, all of us, and I have full faith that you can, Kathy, will walk this walk in wholeness and in peace and in wisdom and sharing, yes, what you have learned here at Wellsprings, where we have learned to do church differently. And I believe wonderfully and in a challenging way as well, too, that you will share this message beyond us. Just as you have shaped us, we have shaped you. And that is a blessing. So I want to offer you, Kathy, a few gifts. A few gifts that come from some travelers before us, well before us, pilgrims really in a strange land. And although I don't know York well, I think it's much less strange than the land of Oz, which is how these gifts were inspired. Because a number of years ago, when we kept getting the question, how is it that a... Um, equipping director does their job, you came up with a great image, a great metaphor that used the great and powerful Oz, who it turns out wasn't all that great and powerful anyway, but really with the great and powerful, terrible, actually, you're not so terrible, helped us to do was discover what was ours already and gave to each of them Gift for the head and the heart and the courage. So if you'll permit me to unpack your gift for you, because I want to show people what we are gifting you with. The first is this, for your heart. It is a blank picture frame. Kathy, we've been snapping some pictures all along today, especially of you. And we're going to send you one of those pictures. And we ask only this, that you fill that picture frame with something of this day that will continue to fill your heart and remind you of your ministry here with us. Second gift. Ministry takes courage. It takes a lot of it. Since we've been doing spiritual cinema, I have had one favorite movie that Up almost rivals, but not quite, because Up doesn't take place in a kitchen. And so we are gifting you with the courage that it takes to follow through on your calling with the movie Ratatouille. Ratatouille is all about the necessary courage that it takes to do something when you are called to it in spite of uncertainty. This is for your courage. And then finally, for your unique, remarkable Extraordinary thoughts. We offer you this journal. May you fill it with your courage and with your heart. But all those remarkable thoughts that come into your head that will become the genesis for your ministry as you move beyond us here. We offer you these gifts in love because of your service to us. And I know that you have a gift for us as well. All of you, I have to say that my gift is not nearly as imaginative. <laughs> Thank you. It's a wonderful gift. 
However, it's something that I have thought this congregation has long needed. Would you like to unpack it? I will unpack it. It is a brand new chalice. Would you light it for us? Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the adventure. Now go have another one. Love you. Kathy is now going to lead us in our closing prayer. God of our heart's deepest yearning. Gracious God, thank you. Thank you for the blessing of working with these people, for coming to know them and love them. Thank you for the growth of this spiritual community and of its people. Gracious God, bless these people and let them know that they are loved. Let them know that they are capable. Let them know the gifts they have to give to the world. Bless Reverend Ken in his ministry. Give him the strength and courage of his convictions. Help him to live his compassion and his care. Bless all the staff that they may do their work with the joy and love that they already have and all the people and all the ministries of this congregation, may they flourish. May each one continue to grow spiritually, to grow in joy, and to grow in service. Strengthen and enrich, please, their connections to each other, to the sacred, and their connections to all who will join them. Help them to care for each other, to celebrate, to have fun together, and finally, may Wellsprings be a beacon of love, hope, joy, and integrity in Chester County, in Pennsylvania, in the whole wider world. This is my prayer this Sunday morning. May it be so. And amen. Amen.